The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where every week I will bring you messages of hope, health, and healing. I want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer. My mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities while being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents the Lord has blessed you with. This podcast is sponsored by Exalted Health, where we are ending the war on women hating their bodies. Welcome back to the Exalted Podcast, where we every week we mm-hmm. tell stories of hope, health, and healing. Uh, this week, I have Jerry Ann Jensen on, which I'm so excited to interview her. She is the founder and CEO of Vital Strengths Training and Coaching, which is a program that I am super excited to start in January. <laughs> um, I've heard such great things about it. I know several people that are in it. Um, her company is also the home of Cosmo, the most flexible leadership model in the world. And I know you can apply that to just mm-hmm. so many things. She's got 25 years of experience that she's led teams and trained organized leaders to help them arrive. I love that. She's a lover of Jesus and her professional Mm -hmm. credentials are so long. She's a certified professional leadership coach, a certified Gallup strength, Clifton strength finders coach, ACC, which I don't even know what that one means. We can dig into that one An international coaching federation. We align certified executive coach and holds a master's of science in counseling from the university of Wyoming. That is a long list. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you, Jen. I'm glad to be here. So I love that you have this long list of accolades. Um, but what I love <laughs> even more about your story is that you've overcome a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So take me back. I know that you've you've struggled, like we've bonded over this issue of body image and you've had your own struggles. Yeah. So take me back to the beginning and where that started and kind of what sparked it. Yeah. Well, the very beginning. So when you say beginning, I remember, I don't know about you, but if on the playground at school, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I was having this, you know, argument with another young girl and I don't remember the things that I said to her, but I remember she said something to me. Sure. She said, you don't know a lot of things about your family. And something about, I was like, oh my gosh, like, what does she mean? And something about that just really set, resonated with me. Like there's some secrets. Yeah. Something right? stuck. And yeah. And I started feeling, I mean, just, you know, quiet and secure already. And I went home and after discussions with my parents, I, what I came to find out is I, well, I grew up in a small town of 600 people in the middle of Nebraska yeah, where everyone knew everyone. And it turns out my parents were high school sweethearts and had gotten pregnant with me in high school mm. and then got married. And I know I could just tell from our, con- our our conversation at the time that they felt ashamed about it. And I took on that shame, you know, yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm shamed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the oh, enemy this shame totally is about uses, me. Yes. Uses that yes. against people for sure. Yeah. So then yeah, what happened? Totally how I was interpreting it. And there's so many voices coming at me, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, you're like from the end, you're talking about from the enemy, your mistake, you're dirty. This was something that you weren't told. It was a secret that no one mm-hmm. wanted to talk about, you know? And I just took that on in my own identity, that that's who I was. And I remember telling someone how um, I just feel different since I found this out. And that person said, to, uh, I was standing in front of new microwaves. They're huge at the time on the yeah. countertop. And we're standing yeah. right in front of the microwave when I said this. 
And that person responded to me when I said I felt different. They said, well, that's stupid. You shouldn't feel that way. Oh. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, I'm stupid because I feel that way. Like, oh no. And, and literally Jen, I, I, that was the last time I shared a negative emotion I had about feeling I had until college. Wow. Yeah. And I was standing in front of the microwave and I started that eating. stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you started so right eating. then. So right then I just started eating literally. And that became this bonding with food. Yeah. Like food became my emotional source of comfort Wow, where I would go. And how old were and you? It became an addiction. Yeah. How old were you? Around fifth grade. I don't remember yeah, exactly. That's really so young. fourth or fifth grade. That's really, that's really young. young. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then what happens? That's the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so then I have this relationship with food, can't stop eating, um, to the point where I would, I sometimes eat for a couple hours, you know? Yeah. And then when I got in high school, I grew fat. I grew like I'm five, six, I grew tall right away, but then I stopped growing. Sure. And when I stopped growing, I started gaining weight. Yeah. And I started panicking, you know? Yeah. Cause I was an athlete. I thought, you know, and everything in these small towns was around a- athletics, you know, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> everything was about. And I thought, um, oh, if, if I start gaining weight, I'm going to get kicked off these teams, you know, Yeah. and I won't get to play and people will know, like, I'll look bad. I'll look worse than I already am. And I would, I would think about me. Yeah. And I was trying to prove to everyone how worthy I was, you know, of course, like yeah. trying all these ways to succeed. Yeah. To prove I wasn't, to prove that I wasn't. Like something about me wasn't broken. You know? Yeah, I can relate to that. And did you know? Did you know the I, Lord at this time? I, I, well, in in middle school, I had heard a message about Jesus. Sure, and that He wanted to save me from my sins, and I thought, well, that sounds great because I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. You know? So it's a, it's like okay, I want Jesus. Yeah. And I really remember believing that Jesus was the answer for me and that he would save me, but I didn't have a like a relationship with him. Like that's sure. all it was, was kind of, okay, I get, I get to go to heaven now. Yeah. And I didn't know that Jesus had things for me here today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On this earth, full life. Yeah. So that's where I was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're in high um, school. I'm in high school. Started kicked off all away. the teams. Yeah. And another young woman who was on the basketball team with me said, oh, I told her, you know, something about like, I think I'm gaining weight. And she goes, oh, well, I just tried making myself throw up. And then I lost weight. And I thought, that sounds like a good idea because I know I can't stop myself from eating. Yeah. Like I knew there was no way I could stop myself from eating. And so I thought, okay, I'll try that. Yeah. And, you know. And so, and she said, she just stuck her fingers down her throat and she could make herself throw up. And so it started this binge purge cycle for me, like my freshman year of high school. Mm. And, um, it became, I mean, it was an addiction to the point of like alcoholic addiction, you know, like I would plan my whole day around when I'd have enough time to eat as much as I wanted. Cause I knew once I started eating, I wouldn't be able to stop myself and then throw up. Yeah. And I would plan about two and a half hours, Jen. Wow. Did you have any other like physical side effects from 
from that because I know how hard it is on your body to not only binge on a regular basis, but then to also purge on a regular basis. Were you feeling any of the effects of that yet? I didn't feel anything. And by the grace of God, none of that showed up in my butt has shown up ever. Oh, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. So how long that went on for over five years? Yeah. So you're in college now. Freshman, freshman and sophomore in college. Um, yeah, I'm in college freshman year and I start getting involved with the collegiate ministry and they talk about relationship with Jesus. And I was like, relationship, like, (laughs) what do you mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yes. I know. So they start talking about reading the Bible and journaling. I thought, okay, I went and got a journal. I have my Bible already. And as I started reading my Bible and journaling, I started encountering the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. And feeling like known by the Lord. And I started just pouring my heart out to him in my journals. I love that. And yeah, but the danger about being in college and living in a residence hall and having a cafeteria is there's food always. And I could eat as much all the time, you know? Yeah. And I, and I started gaining more weight and I remember it was freshman year. So I'm walking in residence hall by um, all this like they called it a passive program that was about bulimia and anorexia. And I would walk by it and kind of like look at it out of the other corner of my eye. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't stop and read this, but I'm going to look a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they said they can't control it. They can't stop. And I thought, oh, even though there's something in me that knew I couldn't stop. Sure. I still like, it was like a challenge. I'm like, oh, I'll stop. I'll yeah. show them. I yeah. can stop this. Well, I don't have a problem. And I try. Yeah. Which you see a lot with right. like, any addiction, right? Like, I can control this. Yeah. You know, there's a part of me that knew I couldn't. But then there's other part of me is like, I will. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Decided I will. I'll show them. I'll show this passive program. I can do this. <laughs> and, um, so I tried and I gained a bunch of weight. I probably I stopped throwing up for about a week but I couldn't stop eating. Sure. And then I panicked. Mm. Um, and it just got out of control. And I, I remember feeling like I was at the bottom of a tornado with no way out. Like yeah. literally, like I cannot yeah. get out of this. Did anyone and in your life know? Was there anyone that knew? You know, no. Later I had one of my best friends told me she suspected it, but she'd never said anything. Sure. So totally um, alone. Totally alone. No, you can't do it. I think how does own. right. Yeah. And then you, know, you think about that, like how does no one know? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And when you're close and when you're living in course quarters with people in a college dorm too, I mean, you've got to believe that that somebody knew. And I think that's such an important conversation. I just want to pull in this thread a little bit because we have to be advocates for each other and yeah. you know, love one another. And I've just been mm-hmm. through a situation with, um, you know, I have teenagers and all the things that go on and I'm um, just educating the people around us, the kids, the, the people that we have influence over to, mm-hmm. to come forward and, and ask the tough questions in love. But I, I want to hear mm-hmm. the rest of your story. So let's circle back to that. So you okay, can the place we can touch base on that just for a minute? Yeah, yeah. What you said about coming forward in love. Yeah. You know, I think about 
um, that that would like for me, what that could have looked like is someone saying, Hey, I'm noticing this. Yeah. What's going on here. Right. Mm-hmm. I care about you. Here's something I'm noticing, but not a, what are you doing? You know, right. This is yes. stupid. Right. Yes. That yes. Have the, then I was just wanted to run and hide, but had someone approached me in warmth and kindness without judgment. Yeah. Wanting to connect with me and get Linda, like reach out a hand. Mm-hmm. I might have responded really well to that. Right. Right. And at yeah. least felt seen. And yeah. And and just maybe maybe I do need help. Like maybe I do. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So how did how did you take us back? Okay. Where you're in college, you think that you can handle it. It gets worse because you try to stop purging. Yeah. And then what happens? Yeah, yeah. So I'm at the feeling I'm at the bottom of that tornado with no way out. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking, I'm going to do this one last time, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to ask for help. I remember going down and just to the cafeteria and just eating and eating and eating. And then um, I had this restroom that was just like a single restroom on the first floor that I would go to to throw up. You know, not in the yeah restroom on a floor where there was like five or six. Yeah, of course you needed a to private be, um, place if nobody knew. Yeah. yeah. And, um, threw up and I went back up to, to my room and I was always exhausted afterwards. I mean, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I, tr- I think the, the radio was either turned, I turned it on or it was already on. And we had, my roommate was a Christian too. And we had Christian radio station on and James four ten came on the radio. And it says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. I love that. And it was like, yeah, you know, it was this personal promise the Holy Spirit was giving me. Yeah. And I felt so seen, like, I see you. I know you feel like you're at the bottom of a tornado. There's no way out. If you humble yourself before me, I will lift you up out of that. Yeah. And I remember just crying. And then calling a woman from my hometown who I knew was a Christian. She's and because I couldn't tell my parents. Yeah. I just felt too ashamed to tell them. And she was about their age. And I called and told her. And she responded responded with so much grace and love, you know. And she said, um, I've lived about four hours away from home. I remember her saying, Honey, will you come home? Um, and I said, Well, I have to work this weekend, but the Lord worked all these things out. I got off work. I went home and she, I told her, I said, I can't tell my parents. Can you tell them for me? And um, so she told them for me, but I drove home. I went to her house first. Yeah. That's where I went. Yeah. She was just a safe space um, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Safe space. And then what happened and, with your parents? How did they take it? Yeah. Well, I had a conversation with, I remember my dad. Um, more and he said, um, you know, went for a walk and, you know, I was a high achiever in high school, you know, trying to prove my worth. And so, and people saw me as a good girl and my dad said, you know, people said to me, you know, your, your daughter, your aunt, she, she works really hard. And, um, and he goes, and I told them, well, I hope if she ever needs help that she'll let us know and and we can be able to help her. And, um, and then they just asked me what, how kind of help I wanted. 
Yeah. And I just said, well, I think I, I didn't know. I said, I think I need to see a Christian counselor. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I started seeing a Christian counselor. And honestly, that wasn't that helpful. No. I mean, I've been a counselor in my past and I've seen other counselors that hugely helpful, right. And transformational. Um, but at that time, the counselor I was with wasn't that helpful, but what was helpful was there's another woman who just started mentoring and discipling me. And I just got to keep sharing my story with her and she just kept listening. Yeah. And we kept reading the Bible together. So that relationship, um, was really helpful. And just me having, like you said, a safe place, someone just to keep talking to and sharing my story with, to walk with me. Yeah, that's so good. So did you ever end up going to a eating disorder specific program? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, really I'm just really started engaging with Jesus. Yeah. I'd write out, I remember. He's the ultimate the healer, that, right? Yes. He is. I read a great book though called Telling Yourself the Truth. And I haven't read it for, you know, 25 years. So I don't know if I'd still recommend it. But <laughs> um, at the time it was helpful. And I remember it just started helping me identify the lies I was believing about myself. Mm, that's good. And then I would just pour over the scriptures to find what is the truth that Jesus says about me? That's so good. You know, though. and then I would write that in there. So I just started meditating, memorizing and meditating on those truths. So he literally was the anchor for my soul, you know, and my healer. Is, is there a better, is there a better like treatment program than that? I don't think so. <laughs> right. Right. And, and were you super familiar with the Bible at this time or did this like ignite mm-hmm. your passion for the Bible? Oh yeah, just ignited a passion and a hunger for the scriptures and for Jesus. Yeah. You know, so and good. it was just like when the Bible talks about it, you know, nourishing us. Um, it just did. It nourished my soul. I would spend three yeah. to four, I'd spend half a day wow. like in the scriptures and in journaling. Like wow. it was an intensive like pro- healing program, right? Yes. But that's yes. what I did. Yeah. Yeah. That that's so good. And I really can't think of a better way to heal. Um so good. And I, I almost feel like there needs to be because like not everybody's gonna have the drive to do that. So I almost feel I was like there's that. uh there's a need for some type of training program. Yeah that aligns with what you just said. Right. Absolutely. I was just going to say that because I am a driven person <laughs> and independent. Yeah. And I didn't know how to ask for help, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps the counselor would have, could have been more helpful. I don't know that I really knew how to be vulnerable. Sure. Yeah. And counseling. Right. Yeah. Like I thought I was supposed to show up and have answers. Yeah. So I just, um, I've learned how to ask for help now, but as a young woman, I didn't know how so yeah. I should say I'm learning how Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm 50 yeah. and I'm still learning how to ask for help. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. And we're all learning. Like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, when, when our generation was younger, like we didn't talk about shame. We didn't talk about yeah. those lies that we took on that become our lens with how we see the world. And, and maybe there's still whole huge populations of people that aren't doing that. I know that in my life, I've been on that journey for like the last 15, 20 years or so, where I really try to 
not believe those lies and ask myself what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that shape, like the enemy just uses shame. Like he mm-hmm. just uses shame to keep people caught in this web where they feel like they can't mm-hmm. tell people. Like, it sounds like you had loving parents who cared deeply about you. And yet he kept you stuck in this lie for, yeah. for several years that yeah. you couldn't tell them even when you wanted help. Yeah. Right. Cause you, did you feel like you were going to disappoint them? Oh yeah. And I just, I mean, I was just scared. Yeah. You know, shame sent us, sent us into hiding. So I just kept hiding, trying to hide. Yeah. yeah. And so when you broke through that, so that's been how many years now that you've been set free from all that? Just approximately. About 25. 25 years. He's set yeah. you free. Yeah. That's- 25 to 27. Yeah. Well, from the binge purge cycle. Yeah. I think I still idolize food. Sure. I still turn to food to comfort me for about the next seven years. And I, but there's two, um, you know, transformational experiences. One, I remember in college when the binge purge cycle was the last time I binged and purged was I was literally over a toilet and literally the Lord said to me, are you going to keep bowing to this? Ooh. Like, or do you want to bow to me? Wow. That's yeah. Oh yeah. Like I can still remember. I still remember visualizing where I was. Yeah. You don't forget things like that Mm-mm. when he says stuff like Mm-mm. that to you. And so how did you get yeah. through like that seven years of idolizing food? Was it just continuing to like peel back the lies and ask for his truths or were there other things that you did to get through that time? It frame? was, it was and lots of journaling. Um, but you know, when you talk, we talk about than being willing to speak out to other people um, and come out of hiding with others more. Yeah. Like there's a few people who I told about this, right? But then I could still, for somewhat how I give myself permission to still keep turning to food. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. giving myself permission to bow to a toilet, right? Sure. But I was still giving myself permission to keep turning to food to comfort me. Um, and I remember with being with another woman my age is late twenties and just confessing openly with one another to the Lord that we loved food more than him. Yeah. That we thought we couldn't live without that more than we could live without him. Yeah. And that was a breaking point of the mm-hmm. food, like having such a hold. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like I never tempted to go eat, but sure. it didn't have the hold on me anymore. Well, I just think of that verse and I don't know the address off the top of my head, but confess your sins to one another and pray for each other and you will be healed. And Mm -hmm. there's so much power in just like bringing things into the light Mm -hmm. and just confessing it and not to be condemned, but to just remove Mm -hmm. that shame and like letting the Lord heal that place. And so that makes complete Mm -hmm. sense to me that you just confessed it to another friend in love and a safe space and the Lord gave you freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that opened up a lot of conversations with other women, yeah. where I think was just part of the healing journey, right? Just being able to talk and be with other people. So good. Um, yeah. Kept breaking the power of it. Yeah. And what I love about me. your story too, is just like, it's a process. Like, mm-hmm. and he didn't just set you free from like binging and purging. Then he just brought you into deeper relationship with him. He ter- told you how to listen for his voice. You did have some like big encounters that changed the trajectory, but he just kept like 
ministering and loving mm-hmm. you through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Like it's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So 20, yeah, it's really sweet. <laughs> 25 to 27 years you've been set three, like praise God. That is, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So what advice do you have if, if we have someone listening today that is like resonating with your story and wants freedom and they just don't know where to turn, like, what would you, what would you suggest as maybe step one? Yeah. Well, I think similar to what I did, just think about who's the safest person you could talk to about this. Yeah. That's good. How can you come out of hiding? Yeah. That's so good. And preferably and like, a person as we asked that. Word. <laughs> yeah. 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 Preferably. And there may be a really safe person who doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like who's just very accepting who you could tell. Right. Yeah. I mean, like God designed us to know ourselves through relationship. <laughs> so we are, our identities are formed through relationship initially, you know, with our mothers when we're young yeah. as babies. Like that's how we're formed. Like our our right brains learn who we are by how other people respond to us. Yeah, and and ideally they'd reflect uh, to us who we are, to, how the Lord sees us. But that doesn't always happen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we have these marred identities. So I think I think the Lord still honors like absolutely relationships, right? Yeah, safe yeah, he people. absolutely does. He can use non-believers to save people for sure. Um, so I guess if I was talking to my daughter, you know, yeah, and um, and she knew a Christian who was judgmental, or yes, someone who didn't know Christ, yes, who was a very fabulous loving point. Yes. and kind, I would say talk to the other woman who's yeah, that's loving good. and kind. Yeah. She might not have the best advice for you of where to go after you share this. You know, mm-hmm. she may not give you the wisest counsel but you're probably going to experience a lot of the things <laughs> that you need to experience and are being received and loved and adored and cherished right where you're at from that. Yes. Person. Yeah. Yes. Which they are imaging God, right? Yes. Yeah. That's as good. a human, right? So that's, that's good. Yeah. And then find a Christian that can help pray for you too. So you can yes. just invite Jesus into that space, or I think doing it on your own is always okay too. If yeah. you need to start there. Yeah. yeah. And I would think so then look for Christian counseling. Yeah. There's so many good, there's so many good programs mm-hmm. out there um, that are Christian programs. I know somebody that I'm having on my podcast um, in just a couple of weeks that went through one and has just found such miraculous healing through the whole process. And it's just also been beautiful. So mm-hmm. yes, it's oh, so good. that's exciting. So let's just briefly talk about vital strengths and what you've created out there. Cause I think like what I love about your story is that you've always been a high achiever. So even though you've struggled, you went through a struggling time, but then you just came out and used a lot of those skills for good. Like I know that recovering from an eating disorder and having a thriving business don't align, but they do, right? Like when you think (laughs) about the tenacity it takes to get through the hard times and just leaning on Jesus and relying on him. So briefly, I just want to talk about that because I think it's such a fabulous company. I'm super excited to go through the program um, in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Just just share a little bit with our listeners about how it started, where it came from. Okay. Well, I'd love to share about that. I think 
if I can make a connection back to, you know, the eating disorder, like you said, yeah. is that, and then, so then I became, I went and got my master's in counseling and started helping other people with deep, broken places, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's where I'd come out of and wanted to be able to be a safe place for others. And I had all these, a lot of professionals that would come in, very, you know, lawyers, attorneys, mm-hmm. people that were very accomplished professionally, <laughs> yet they were coming into my office broken and needing my help. Yeah. So I think about that, like every business leader, every accomplished person, if they're doing it authentically, genuinely, they've been through hard things. Yeah. Um, so there isn't any perfect person out there. <laughs> there isn't any, you know, probably business leader who hasn't had, there hasn't had scrapes and bruises. Right. And like you said, learning how to get through the hard things because starting a business is hard, right? It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. I never knew. <laughs> so I was in uh, ministry and, you know, I did uh, counseling practice. I helped, I helped launch a counseling practice, but it was just, it was really different than what I'm doing now. Sure. I still took lots of effort, but there's a lot of uh, someone else who did most of the heavy, heavy lifting for that. Yeah. And then I was in, um, I worked for a nonprofit for 20 years and, you know, just leading coaching, counseling, but I started to come on alive more when I started doing some more coaching Yes, about six or seven years ago. And I started paying attention to that. Oh, when I get up to do coaching, I'm excited. I have energy. When I get up to do counseling, it's still really meaningful, but I'm talking myself through the day. Like you can yeah. do this, like you mm-hmm. can make it, you can make it through this. Yeah. And, and for anyone that's listening, do you want to just give a brief, like, just a brief explanation of what the difference is. Cause I don't know if everyone knows the difference between counseling sure. and coaching. Yeah. Well, um, a metaphor that I learned once has been really helpful was so as a coach or a counselor, I'm in a passenger seat and like clients are in the driver's seat. Yeah. And um, it's their journey. Right. And I'm supporting it yeah. to where they want to go. And as a, if I sit there as a counselor, we're looking a lot in the rearview mirror mm. about what's happened behind us, yes, and what we need to process, honor, heal from. Kind of like if we're talking about a race car, remove the, what's dragging us, that yeah. what's keeping us, yeah, holding us back, right? And then if we're, if I'm in the coaching seat, we're looking at the windshield about where we're we going. That's a great and metaphor. how are you going to get there? How am I going to help a, you get there? A fantastic metaphor. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So both still helping it to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So back to where you are loving coaching and feeling like counseling's maybe weighing you down. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good first season, right? So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a Gallup strengths coach. And when I started learning my strengths, that was another thing that just propelled me, propelled, propelled me forward. Yeah. So my number one strength is learner. Love it. And learners who are leaders, they learn what they and their people need to know to move them forward. So good. So it's going to be like on the brink, what I've always done. Okay. Oh, my family and I, we need counseling. I got to learn this like, you know, <laughs> and help us forward or our yes. ministry, the people in our ministry, they need counseling. Yes. I got to go learn. This. Yeah. And, and it was like, then, um, and then I was like, got some healing, started moving. Oh, well, no, I, I started looking out the windshield more than I was looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And where do I want to go? 
And where do others want to go? And I also started seeing people who like, I, um, I'm a competent woman, but I also saw for so long other competent people zooming by me. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, it wasn't like being, I was like, why, why are they moving so fast and moving forward, keep growing? And I feel like I'm stuck, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's not what coaching does. It helps you get unstuck (laughs) and move forward. And one of the things that helped me was learning my strengths. So I learned about, oh, I, when I want to move forward, I learn something, right? (laughs) Or, um, another one's related. I'm. I move forward by forming deep relationships with people. Yeah. Right. And restorative. Like I look for what's missing the holes and fill the gaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things. So I learned um, about my strengths and what's going to help me move forward and started loving helping others with the same. And I was at, Oh, good. I do. So I love cool. it. Cause it's like, oh, why wouldn't we focus on our strengths instead of our weaknesses Yeah, and just lean into our strengths? Yeah. And anyway, we don't have to pull on that thread. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk more about, yeah. Let's get more back on track. Okay. Sorry. I keep getting you off track. Okay. <laughs> no. So I started loving that. And then I was at this a conference for this ministry that I was involved with. And this pastor was preaching from John 15 and talking about um, pruning the vines Dividing the branches, pruning the branches to make um, us, our lives even more fruitful. And he started talking about how the, the Lord doesn't just prune the bad branches, but the ones that aren't the best to make room for what's most fruitful. Yeah. So good. And it was so clear to me that the Holy Spirit was saying, okay, it's time. I'm turning off this branch of you being in full-time ministry. And it's time for you to move into the business world. And this is going to be your most fruitful contribution in life. Mm, so good. And I was like, oh, I remember weeping. Like I have a drawing, you know, I drew a picture yeah. of all that was happening there. And uh, so I went and told my husband, I'm going to start a coaching business. And, and, and he, who usually thinks I am like Wonder Woman, I can do anything. He like did a head tilt. <laughs> and he's like, do you know how? <laughs> Do you know how hard that is? <laughs> so I was like, I hadn't re- ever received that kind of reaction from him. Sure. And he um, was, he works with, uh, right now he works at a business school with our su- successful alumni facilitating generosity. So he does, you know, fundraising with very successful alums. Sure. And Right now he's at the University of Texas, the McCombs Business School. And he said, I taught, I'm in relationship with people who built million dollars, some billion dollar businesses, and they go into consulting or coaching and they tell me how hard that is. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> you know, you have been, you know, part-time, you're at home, but then you're working you know, 20, 30 hours a week also in ministry and counseling, but you've never been in business, how do you think you're going to succeed when they struggle? Like it was an honest question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like maybe I should do something else. So I started applying for, so after I stopped um, the ministry I was working with, I started applying for learning and development jobs. 
I thought, well, what else could I do in the business world? I've always wanted to be in the business world. Where else would I fit? Right. Sure. Yeah. And I thought I could do learning and development. So I started applying for jobs. This was during COVID, getting interviews. I'd work, I'd spend so many hours preparing for an interview, have it, it would go well. And I'd get off the phone and go, I don't want that job. Yeah. I don't really want that job. I can say yes to that job. And after about four months of that, investing so much time and energy, my husband seeing it, we just started praying more together. And he said, okay, <laughs> I, I think you need to try this yeah. business. And I said, me too. Yeah. Like if I don't, I'm always going to wonder. Yeah. Um, so then I launched a coaching business. Initially, it was a coaching business. It's morphed into more of a learning and development company that also yeah. coaches. Yeah. So good. So good. So you guys have only been around a couple of years. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. incredible in what you've been able yeah. to build in just a short amount of time. Yeah. And how it's many people miraculous. have gone through the program? <laughs> oh, let's see. We have around 40 That's uh, awesome. who've gone through it. Business leaders and coaches who are certified. Yeah. You know, we have more who've just we've done training and coaching with, right? But we've certified forty leaders and professional coaches. They're they're Cosmo certified leadership coaches. That's so great. That's awesome. I'm just I'm excited yeah. about what the Lord is doing through you and what He's done. And I just also believe that when we're weighed down by things like eating disorders or bulimia or anorexia or even just with food. So much of our brain power is is tied up mm -hmm. in that. Like you said, you yeah. plan out, you know, how many hours a day it would take you to eat and then purge and then recover because you're exhausted. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we think about if we if we weren't using that time for that, what could we be using it for? Like what are the gifts that we could yeah. be walking in and using those things yeah. for the Lord? And it's just yeah. so it's so obvious that like if you had stayed stuck in the cycle that you wouldn't have created this amazing company that's helped so many people. And I know it's going to continue yeah. to impact so many people. Yeah. And I think that's just beautiful. Yeah. And so if you're listening to this and her story resonates with you, and we just want to know that we want you to know that we're here for you. We will pray for you. Like, I think either one of us would be your safe space. Maybe I'm speaking yeah. out of turn for you, Jerry Ann, yeah. but I know that I can be your safe space. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the Lord has more. He has more for you. Mm -hmm. Any yeah. final words from you, Jerry Ann? Yeah. Oh, it's, well, I think something that the listeners of this podcast would be excited to know is that this, this framework emerged from the Bible. Yes. So that Cosmo. Yes. So um, when I said we have 40 leaders and coaches who are certified, that doesn't include like everyone we've coached or organizations we went and done trainings with, you know? Yeah. So the reach is far farther than 40 people. Well, I still think but 40 and two years is a lot. <laughs> I think that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But what's beautiful about this is that this is a framework that, so we talked about Gary Wood, um, the yes. Lord, Gary Wood, his strengths are, he sees patterns. And, Love it. and this was a man, a Canadian who was uh, leading Christian camps across Canada over 25 years ago under-resourced, you know, not, not enough money, not enough people to help. And he started asking the Lord, how do I do this? Yeah. And he was in the scriptures and the Lord started showing him a pattern mm. about what it takes for anyone to grow or to achieve. So if you so think good. about like 
Yeah. If you think of this Cosmo pattern, originally it originated, Gary was in Romans 6. And he saw how first we come to know the Lord. There's some awareness, right? That's clarity. Mm -hmm. Then we um, accept him. That's ownership, part of the Cosmo. Then we start aligning our lives with him. That's the structures. Mm. So then we start growing. That's a momentum. And then we reach, we want to finish well, right? That's outcomes. So good. So Cosmo, clarity, ownership, structure, momentum, outcomes. It's a framework that you would see in any time someone's growing or anytime they're trying to achieve something. And so we, um, the story of Nehemiah is a great backbone for the training that we do and how Nehemiah achieved and how every one of those priorities is, you can see it in his life, the story, rebuilding the walls. And we um, have said what we've done is we have a Christian supplement for our training, but all of our training materials are for general market. So that if a believer comes um, and they want to learn our framework, they can take it right in to anyone that they're leading or coaching. Yes. Any team. Like we have one person, one woman who's involved in our training right now. She's taking it to the university that she, where she's, um, she serves, she's over the head of a school. Yeah. So you don't have to be careful, right? Right. Yeah. It's accessible to anyone. And um, I think about how the Lord wants to bring good to all people. So this is a way that we as believers can reflect his image and bring good to all people with this framework. I love it. And then if you care to know more the origin of where it originated from the scriptures, there's a supplement that you can go to. Oh, so good. And I can include all of that in the notes in case anybody wants to dig into it anymore. Great. And yeah. yeah, we'll get, we'll make sure all that is taken care of. Well, Jerry Lynn or Jerry, Ann, I'm sorry. It has been such a pleasure to have you on and hear your story. Thank you for sharing your heart and sharing this pace yeah. place of vulnerability because we need to tell these stories. Yeah. It's like when we when we, we take the lid of shame off of everything, like other people mm-hmm. feel safe to like come out and be seen and to let it into the light. And it's just it's so good. And you know, I know I don't know if you've heard this prophecy, but it's been prophesied that like a billion souls are on their way to being saved. Um, by Jesus, but you know, people are before, you know, Jesus, like we're broken and we need people that are ready to, to come alongside them as they heal. And as they like build that relationship with Jesus. And so it's like, we need to be ready for that. And I love that, Mm -hmm. that you're part of that, like whether you know it or not, you are. So it's just beautiful. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for sharing your story. Can I share one more thing about that? Absolutely. So when you talk about the billion souls being saved, and I think the Lord intends for that to happen in the marketplace. I know not only, but yeah. um, And what he was so clearly called me to was to empower the success of Christian business leaders and restore honor to their strategic place of ministry in the marketplace. Mm, And I think that it's like, you know, in Acts, I think 39 of the 40 miracles were performed in the marketplace. Yes. Yes. I think so he good. intends to break out there. I agree. I wholeheartedly so, agree. So it is so exciting. It is so exciting. Well, thank you for joining me today. And yeah. thank you for listening. If you have any you. questions for Jerry Ann or you just need a safe space, I will include her mm-hmm. contact information in the notes. Great. My inbox is always open and be blessed, yes. friends. Thanks for listening. Yes. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review, and subscribe to the podcast. And share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time.